Welcome to the Caris Christian Center podcast. Um, let's dive into the word tonight. Let's go to Romans 8. We'll start in verse 26. So I'm actually finishing up my series tonight uh, that I've entitled Between a Rock and a Hard Place. And uh, I, I just felt like this is a great series to, to share on. Um, there are times where every one of us are going to go through difficulties in life. Just um, We've talked about different things that happen. It's just because the world is an imperfect place. Maybe um, you, you've done some things that have put yourself in a tough spot. Maybe other people have done things that have put you in a tough spot. Um, you know, there, there is an enemy out there. I was thinking about the devil. And um, a lot of people think the, the, the devil puts them in a tough spot. But really the devil, the devil um, is a complete, he's more of an annoyance in the life of a believer. He really doesn't, he doesn't really have any ability to, to, to do much in the believer's life. You know, I was thinking um, something kind of blew up in social media is, is at the Grammys. There's a, a pop artist who, who uh, sang one of his songs called Unholy, and he dressed up as the devil and had people worshiping him. And, and it, it was very demonic, obviously, but um, I saw people debating upset because there were also Christian artists at, at the Grammys as well who received, you know, awards, and none of them made a big stink about it. But I love what they did. Um, several of them, when they got up, they just, they just gave glory to Jesus. And um, I just thought that was a great, you know, when, when you see something demonic, you don't have to run away. And, and it really, the devil has no power over believers. The devil is a complete and utter loser. And people who worship him and glorify him are losers as well. And, um, but really the devil, like, he, he has no, no power over us as believers. And we don't need to just have a meltdown when he rears his pathetic little annoying head. He's just an annoyance. And, uh, and I, one thing, you know, when the devil annoys you, you just annoy him right back. And uh, when you give glory to Jesus, when you praise Jesus, when you point people to Jesus, that really annoys the devil. And um, uh, I'm, I'm glad that those Christian artists stuck around for the end, you know, after the cameras were, were you know, after, after, you know, all the, the worldly people got their awards. I'm glad that they, they stayed there and gave glory to Jesus and, and pointed people to Jesus. And um, I, think, I think that's better than just running away. And um, any, any, anyhow, we don't need to run away from the enemy. So Romans 8.26, between a rock and a hard place, um, when you're in a tight spot, you need to make room for the Holy Spirit. Amen. Man, the Holy Spirit is critical to us as believers, um, man, I, I love what Romans 8, 26, Paul says this, likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weaknesses, for we do not know what we should pray for as we ought. So he's saying that there are going to be times, there are going to be circumstances, there are going to be things going on sometimes where you don't really know what the answer is, you don't know what to do, you don't even know how to pray, but, but you can pray in the Spirit, you can pray in tongues, and the Spirit himself will make intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. The, the Greek word right there, um, this is actually the only time it's used in Scripture, this specific Greek word, it relates to other, other forms of that word, but right here, in Romans 8.26, when it says he makes intercession for us, it means that he actually will get down in the pit that you're in. He falls down into the, in, into the spot that you're in. He falls in with you, whatever situation you're in. So, so no matter how tight of a spot you're in, you need to make room for the Holy Spirit. You, need to, you, might, you might not understand. You don't always have to understand everything. You know... Um, 
there, there are some things that I don't understand. There are some things that take years for me to understand after the fact, but you don't always have to just trust God, keep trusting God, and make room for the Holy Spirit. If you don't know how to pray, pray in the Holy Spirit. He'll make intercession with you. He, goes, he gets down in that pit, and he goes to work on your behalf. You, you don't know how he's going to work things out, but the Holy Spirit is going to work things out much better than you could on your own. You know, there are several people who, who got thrown into a pit, but I know that the Holy Spirit was in that pit with them. They were not alone. They probably didn't know what to do, but God had favor on their life. He had his presence in their life, and they got out of that pit. You know, when Joseph fell in that pit, when his brothers wanted to kill him, I, I know the Spirit of God was at work from the very instance that they stripped that coat of many colors from him. They stripped that coat of favor from him. The, the Spirit of God was there with him. The Spirit of God moved on Reuben's heart. His oldest brother saved his life, convinced his brothers not to kill him, but to stick him in a pit. He wanted to go back and save him, but before he got back, they sold him off to the Ishmaelites. But God was still with him. The Spirit of God was still there with him, helping him, making intercession for him, fighting for him, figuring out how things are going to work out. And Joseph just kept, kept his eyes on God. I, I guarantee you that he was hurt. He didn't know what to do. He didn't even know how to pray. Didn't know what God was going to do, but God worked it out. And later on in life, he said this in Genesis 45, verse 7 and 8, when, his, when he faced his brothers years later, he said, God has done this. God sent me before you to preserve a posterity for you in the earth. He sent me. He did this. He worked this out. He turned the situation around. We serve, serve a God of the turnaround. You might have thought that you were getting rid of me, but you weren't. There's some people you can't get rid of. You can't get rid of Jesus. You can't get rid of the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of God was on his life, and he said, God was doing this to save your lives by a great deliverance. So now it was not you who sent me here, but God. God was with me in that pit. He was with me when I was sold to the Ishmaelites. He was with me in Potiphar's house. He was with me in the prison. He was with me when I spoke to Pharaoh, and he's with me right now. He has made me a father to Pharaoh, lord of all his house, and a ruler throughout all the land of Egypt. When Daniel was thrown down into a pit, the Spirit of God was with him there making intercession for him, working things out on his behalf. He was thrown down into a pit full of hungry lions, but he wasn't there on his own. The Spirit of God was there. It said King Darius was up all night worried, didn't know what to do, didn't know how to pray, didn't know what was going on. Daniel had the best night's sleep he'd ever had. Daniel got out of that pit in Daniel 6.22. He said, my God, sent his angel and shut the lion's mouth. You are not in that pit alone. Make room for the spirit of God. My God was here in this pit. His spirit was here. His angel was here. And he shut the lion's mouth so that they have not hurt me. Yeah. I might be persecuted. I might be pressed. But I'm not crushed. I'm not destroyed. I was found innocent before him, and also, O king, I have done nothing wrong before you. That king then took Daniel's accusers and threw them in the pit. They didn't even hit the ground. It said that the lions broke all their bones in pieces before they even hit the bottom of the pit. And God turned this situation around. King Darius, the Mede. This is Iran. 
King Darius wrote, to all peoples, nations, and languages that dwell in all the earth. I love this. There is great revival happening in Iran today. There are, there are wicked people in Iran right now. There are wicked rulers, but I believe that they're going to be overthrown. I believe there is great revival happening. I believe that there is going to be great deliverance to people, to Christians, to women, to... And the devil's just trying to rear his ugly head. They, they just, there's just in the news today, there's a, a missile built in Iran. And it says, death to Israel in Hebrew on it. Darius, the first great Iranian king. To all peoples, nations, and languages that dwell in all the earth, peace be multiplied to you. I make a decree that in every dominion of my kingdom, this is the, the kingdom of Iran, the kingdom of Persia, Every dominion of my kingdom, men must tremble in fear before the God of Daniel. For he is the living God and steadfast forever. His kingdom is the one which shall not be destroyed, and his dominion shall endure to the end. He delivers and rescues, and he works signs and wonders in heaven and on earth. I love that he had the revelation that this one true living God, the God of Israel, the God of Daniel, the God that protects people, the God that sends his spirit, his angel, into the pit with his people to protect them, to help them. He works signs and wonders. Hallelujah. If an Iranian heathen king believes that God can work signs and wonders, the church of God needs to believe that our God can work signs and wonders in heaven and on earth. Amen. Who has delivered Daniel from the power of the lions, so this Daniel prospered in the reign of Darius and in the reign of Cyrus the Persian. God can turn things around when people want to destroy you, when they want to impoverish you, when they want to kill you. God can turn that thing around so you'll be greatly prosperous, that you will not be the tail, but you will be the head. You will not be kicked out, but you will be promoted. You will not, you will not be overtaken, but you will take over. Death to Israel. We'll see who wins that battle. They looked at this big missile. They, they thought, well, it might not even be a real missile. It might just be a prop. It's probably just a prop. They probably, you know, a bunch of nuts. But there are people that are turning to God there. Let's go on here in Romans 8. Romans 8. Make room for the Holy Spirit. Verse 31, let's start in verse 31. It says, what then shall we say to these things? All these things, what then shall you say to the Grammys? When people worship the devil and they, it's, it's really idiotic. You say this, if God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things. God gave us the very best gift, the gift of his only begotten son, Jesus. If he gave us Jesus, why would he not give us all the rest of his promises? If he sent the Redeemer, his only begotten son, why would he not give us provision? Why would he not give us peace? Why would he not give us joy? Why would he not give us righteousness? Why would he not give us victory? And God, he's not done giving. Amen. 
He shall not freely give us all things. He's the greatest giver, and he will not stop giving. He continually gives. So even when you're in a tight spot, God is not done giving. Your best days are still ahead of you. Keep looking to him, keep trusting him. He can turn things around, and he's going to give tremendous things into your life. I like what he goes on and says, who shall bring a charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. If God says you are just, if he has justified you, no one. There is no judge higher than, than God's judgment. It is God who justifies. Who is he who condemns? It is Christ who died and furthermore is also risen, who is even at the right hand of God, who also makes intercession for us. Jesus is on our side. Verse 35, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? As it is written, for your sake we are killed all day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. I love that, 30, that verse 35. He's saying these are all things that can happen in the natural realm, in the physical realm. He's saying nothing that can happen in this physical realm, nothing that can happen on the face of the earth can ever separate you from Jesus. That means that, that any, anything in the natural realm, anything in the physical realm, any person, any, any persecution, any... any um, Economic turmoil, any famine, any war, any, any foreign powers, no, no one can stop us. No one can separate us from the love of Jesus. And even when these things are going on, we are not victims. We are victors. We are more than conquerors through him who loved us. We already have the victory. More than conquer. That, that's hyper nikau. That means to be a super-duper conqueror. The devil is a super-duper loser. But with Jesus, we are super-winners. We are more than We are victors because, man, this is, this is the thing that makes us more than conquerors because Jesus is the ultimate conqueror. Jesus is the ultimate champion. He took hell and all the power of the enemy and triumphed over it openly. He, he, he made a parade around hell. He wasn't scared of what happened at the Grammys. He was laughing. He was mocking them. He was saying, ha, ha, ha. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor... He's saying any, anything in the spiritual realm. Nothing in the physical realm, nothing in the spiritual realm, nothing is greater than the love of God. Nothing is greater than the name of Jesus. Nothing present, nor things to come. Nothing, nothing in, in, in all of the time, space, continuum. Doesn't matter when in history it's going to happen. Past, present, future. Doesn't matter where in the world things could happen. On the, in the physical realm, in the spiritual realm, nothing can separate us. Nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Nothing can separate us from the love of God. I'm not, I'm not scared of weirdo stuff that goes on at the Grammys. I'm sorry for people who, who want to exalt the devil. 
And I'm, I'm sorry, you know, that they're on the way to spend a lot of time with him. It already looks ugly at the Grammys. It's going to look uglier for all eternity. So I, I pray for people. I, I, I'm glad people stayed, stuck around and, and lifted up the name of Jesus and said that Jesus is greater than any, any fear. He's the answer. He wants to set people free. The devil is just an annoyance. And um, when, he, when people allow him to work through them, they get annoying too. And you don't have to freak out when people are annoying. And they're maybe letting the enemy kind of work through them. Amen? Let's look at Acts 16. Acts 16. We'll start in verse 16. So this is when Paul and um, Silas were ministering in Philippi. And great revival was happening there in Macedonia and Philippi. And as this was going on, um, it says in verse 16, Acts 16, verse 16. Now, it happened as they went to prayer that a certain slave girl possessed with the spirit of divination met us, who brought her master's much profit by fortune telling. This girl followed Paul and us and cried out, saying, These men are the servants of the Most High God who proclaim to us the way of salvation. And it said that she did this for many days. And um, I, I, love, I love something that Paul, Paul did. He didn't just snap right away. He kind of waited a little while. When people are annoying, sometimes it's okay just to wait. Amen. Sometimes it's okay just to address it immediately. And, uh, but but um, sometimes it's okay to wait and just see what God does. Usually God takes care of annoyances on his own. And... Um, but this, this, this particular situation, this, this annoyance just wouldn't go away. So he turned around and said to the spirit, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And he came out that very hour. So he just got tired of it. He was greatly annoyed by it. And so he just decided, you know, I'm going to annoy the devil back. I'm going I'm to wreak havoc on, on, this, on this demonic spirit. And um, as believers, we don't need to, to be afraid of demonic things. We have authority over the devil. We have authority over his power. Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. We have authority in his name, so we can therefore destroy the works of the devil. When the devil is getting annoying, we can rebuke him and he will flee from us. Mark 16, verse 17 and 18 says this. Jesus wanted to make it very plain to his followers. These signs shall follow those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. Man, this, this sounds like, like a charismatic church right here. What do you mean, Jesus, speak with the new times? What do you mean, cast out demons, Jesus? They will take up serpents, and if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. I think Jesus wants his church to have authority. I think he wants his church not to be afraid of the world, not to look like the world, not to, but to have power, to have authority, to use his name, to, to pray in tongues, to speak with new tongues, to make room for the Holy Spirit, to, to lay hands on the sick, and to see them recover. He wants us to kick the devil's butt. And we do. 
He wants to, to, to be an annoyance to the devil. You know, I, I think the most annoying sound to the devil is a shout of praise. I think a shout of praise, a, a shout of joy, a shout of, of worship unto Jesus. Man, a congregation of saints praising the Lord. Man, that is one of the most annoying things to the devil. And, and, and man, when the Spirit of God is moving, that, that's, that's when the, you know, the, the devil isn't really scared of, of, a, of believers who don't know their authority, of believers who don't know that they can lay hands on the sick and see them, of believers that don't know that they can speak with a new tongue. The devil isn't really threatened by that. But, I, I, you know, I, I've, been, I've been to some, some meetings even here at this church where, where, where the devil just, he gets, he, gets, he gets scared. And he starts squealing. I, I have some stories, but I'm going to keep it shorter tonight. Well, just stick around. Stick around this church. You'll see, you'll, see, you'll see the devil squeal from time to time. You know what? He's going to squeal because he's going to be thrown in the lake of fire. You know, the spirit of the Antichrist, the, anti, the, the beast, it's going to be thrown in the lake of fire. And, and the, the enemy, the devil, the Antichrist, that spirit, it, it knows what's going to happen. And so if, you, if, you, if you took a pig and had a big fire going on, and we're going to throw it in the fire. As you're getting closer and closer to the fire, it's going to start squealing louder and louder and louder. That's what's happening in the last days. This antichrist spirit, it's just squealing. And it, it's, it's kind of like the, the, the things that come out of that, of that beast are ridiculous. But it, it's because it's it, it knows, it knows like it, it's not going to win. The devil is not going to win. You don't, want, you don't want to serve the devil. You don't, even want, you don't want to give place to the devil. We need to keep worshiping God. Now, the devil, he wants to annoy people with depression, anxiety, torment, pain, sickness, hopelessness, despair. But what do you do in response? We have something that we can do in response. We can worship God. Amen. I love what Isaiah 61 verse 3 says to those who are maybe in a tough spot. spot. It says that, that um, he's there to console those who mourn in Zion to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning. We have an oil of joy for mourning. The garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness that they may be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord that he may be glorified. I just kept feeling in my spirit today, God just talking about glory. Like he wants, he wants to just pour out his glory on us. And I know, I know that when, when we make room for the Holy Spirit, when we make room for his ministry, when we, when, we, when we value the Holy Spirit in our lives, and when we, when we praise God, that he's, that he's going to just fill his house with glory. He's going to fill your life with his glory, with his presence, with his power, with his purpose. God wants to satiate the, his church with his glory. And I just love this, that, that he gives us the oil of joy for mourning. Jesus gives us that oil of joy, and Jesus gives us the garment of praise. He gives us that garment of praise. Let's go back to Acts 16, 
verse 22. So it says, um, they were so, you know, this kind of antichrist spirit, this um, people wanting to, to worship the, the enemy, worship the devil, worship this demonic thing going on. They, they, they were, people get upset when you um, kick the devil's butt sometimes. And people aren't upset at, at Christians at, at churches that don't ever rile up the devil. But if you're riling up the devil and, and um, being, being people of faith, being people of authority, being like that, that'll stir up some anti-Christ sentiment in people. So that's what's happening. It said that they caused the multitude to rise up together against them. Then the magistrates tore off their clothes and commanded them to be beaten with rods. And when they had laid many stripes on them, they threw them into prison, commanding the jailer to keep them securely. Having received such a charge, he put them into the inner prison and fastened their feet in the stocks. He fastened their feet in the stocks. He put them in the inner prison. You know, the jailer... He just forgot to secure one thing. This jailer made one mistake. He put them in the inner prison, the, the, the deepest part of the prison. It said he even fastened their feet in the stocks, but he forgot to secure the most dangerous thing for the believer. He did not secure their mouths. If he had heard Paul preach about this same spirit of faith that speaks in this way. If he heard Paul preach and read his letters and knew that we're, we're to, 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 pray, to pray with our understanding, to pray in the spirit, to sing with our understanding, to sing in the spirit, to build yourselves up by singing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. If, if he had known the power in that, he, he should have secured their mouths, but he didn't. At midnight, in verse 25, it says, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. They, they were making room for the Holy Spirit. They probably didn't know how to pray. They didn't know what God was going to do in this situation. They, they didn't, but they, they, they knew that they weren't there alone. It wasn't just them there. They were praying. They were singing hymns to God. And the prisoners were listening to them. When you praise God, it doesn't just affect you. It affects people around you. When you pray, there is something powerful about praise. It, it affects people around you. It, when you praise God, when, you, when you're a person that, that is a person of praise, it doesn't matter what's going on in life, doesn't matter what situation I'm in, doesn't matter what's going on in, in the world, I'm going to continually show up and praise God, worship God, exalt the name of Jesus, give glory to him. It doesn't just affect you. It, 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 it affects people around you. They were listening. In verse 26, suddenly there was a great earthquake. Man, pray, praise is so powerful. It, it affects you. It affects people around you. It, affects, it actually affects God as well. The Bible says that God inhabits the praises of his people. And man, you can't, you can't keep God in a prison. You can't keep God. You can't lock certain things up. You cannot lock up the spirit of God. There was an earthquake. The foundations of the prison were shaken, and immediately all the doors were opened, and everyone's chains were loosed. Everyone's chains were loosed. There was great freedom. Man, praise sets the captives for free. 
Man, it, it annoys the devil, but praise brings supernatural freedom. And this is kind of one of the, the main points I want to drive home, that praise really brings supernatural freedom. You're not going to be in that pit for very long. People around you are going to find new freedom too, just, just by being in the vicinity of that spirit of praise. So everyone's chains were loose. Verse 27, it said, The keeper of the prison, awaking from sleep and seeing the prison doors open, supposing the prisoners had fled, drew his his sword and was about to kill himself. But Paul called with a loud voice, saying, Do yourself no harm, for we are all here. Then he called for a light, ran in, and fell down, trembling before Paul and Silas. And he brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? Man, talk, talk about a praise and worship service. Hallelujah. You know, Paul, Paul and Silas, they could have been praising, just believing for their own personal miracle. They, they just got it. Their, their chains were set free. They thought, this is it. Let's sing, I am free. I am free to run. Yeah. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. They could just... Bust out of jail right then and there. And that would, that would have made a great story. But they, they knew that when the Spirit of God was there, it wasn't, it wasn't just for them to receive, but the Spirit of God was for, there for them to give as well. And really the greatest miracle in this story is what happened, the freedom that happened in the jailer's life. In, 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 in the blink of an eye, he went from on his way to hell, on his way to commit suicide, to on his way to heaven, on his way to a great, fulfilling, glorified life. He went from sal- suicide to salvation. Praise won't just set you free, it's going to set other people free. Verse 31, they said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved, you and your whole household. Your kids, your teens, your wife. Here in Philippi, we're going to have, we're going to plant a church. We're going to have a great kids ministry, a great youth ministry, a great women's ministry, a great men's ministry for the whole household. You and your whole household will be saved. Verse 32, they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all who were in his house, and he took the same Hours of the night, he washed their stripes, and immediately he and all his family were baptized. Now when he had brought them into his house, he set food before them, and he rejoiced, having believed in God with all his household. The jailer rejoiced. Joy is contagious. There is an anointing oil of joy, a supernatural joy that is contagious. And it was poured out on Paul and Silas and over all that prison and over this guard and over his house. And it is a supernatural joy. No matter what you're in right now, no matter what rock in a hard place type situation you might be in right now, there is supernatural joy that you can take into. A joy that the world cannot give. That's why Paul... Years later, writing to the Philippian church, where he spent some time there, he saw the sights of Philippi, saw their prison, saw their prison guards, saw 
Years later, he wrote to them, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. I just think about this, this Philippian church getting this letter. Years later, this jailer sitting there in that church. He's probably really excited to hear from Paul. And Paul said, hey, what? Guess what? I'm in prison again. Yeah. <laughs> that jailer sitting in that Philippian church probably laughed when he was thinking about Paul being in prison. Let's turn to Philippians 4. I think, I think this jailer, his whole household was there at church. I went there every Sunday. It says in, in verse 4, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. I bet this, this jailer sitting there as he heard this letter being read to his Sunday morning church, he probably thought, you know, that Paul does that. He rejoices in the Lord always. I put him in the, the worst cell of that prison. I locked him as tight as I could. And he kept rejoicing. Yeah. You know, I got born again, and I started rejoicing. We need to keep rejoicing, amen? Keep rejoicing. Let's look at Philippians 4. Let's go on to verse 5. It says, Let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. We are not alone. We have God with us. We have his peace. We have the Holy Spirit with us. He's going to guard our hearts and our minds through Christ Jesus. Verse 8, finally, my brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of a good report, if there is any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. Meditate on these things. Things. Rejoice in the Lord always. Meditate on these things. Yeah. You know, I know, I know um, something my dad has mentioned before, but year, years ago, um, he, he was in a spot, kind of a financial spot, where he was placed between a rock and a hard place. There was a really big blizzard, and, and in a moment, he lost about a quarter million in, in his business, in his cattle business, just from one, one blizzard, and um, he didn't know what to do. But God told him, Think, don't look at what you've lost, look at what you have. God was telling him what, what he spoke here in verse 8. What, what, what things are of a good report? What, what do you have that's good in your life? Think about those things. Give me thanksgiving for that. Begin rejoicing and, and, and know, you might not know what to do, but you're not between a rock and a hard place on your own. Even if you don't know what, how to pray, we have the Holy Spirit there with us. He makes intercession for us, and he's going to turn things around. And he's going to do it in, in a much grander way than you could do on your own. Amen? So I'm going to have you pray something with me in conclusion. Say this with me. Say, Jesus, Jesus. Thank, you for me. thank you for loving me. 
I thank you that nothing, nothing will ever separate me from you. Thank you for the Holy Spirit. Thank you for your power in my life. I'm going to thank you. I'm going to praise you. I'm going to continue to annoy the devil and praise you with each and every single day of my life. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Karis Christian Center podcast. If you would like to receive prayer, product, or more information about the ministry, go to www.karischristiancenter.com or call us at 719-418-4000.